The following program is rated TV-M-A-N-O-C. It contains a big pair of nuts directly on your chin. It is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Enough with this weight loss bullshit. Take a step back and literally fuck your own face. Let's learn about getting healthy. Let me tell you something, thunder twat. Obesity is epidemic in the United States and a major cause of death. What is fat activism? I, a fat person, am sharing my own lived experience. Pizza is a vegetable. Your fat phobia is your problem. It is not my place as a smaller bodied white man to comment on it. Radical body positivity. What can men do against such reckless hate? There's only one man who can help me. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. This day we fight! Thwole Mormoth. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, the bacon is sizzling. Welcome to the Daily Swole. Testing, 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 test, 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 testing, testing, testicles, testing, testicles, testicles. Welcome everyone to episode 2515 of Zadeli Mother Swole, the most muscular swole cast, beer cast, broadcast, game cast, man cast, pimp cast, leaves cast, and slay cast in the realm because when I flex, you flex, we all flex our biceps. What's going on, beaches, booshes, bustas, hustles? And you'll hose, it's your boy Papa Swolio back with another episode. And today's episode of the Beast Cast is brought to you, is powered, is sponsored by Everston K2 Flexing on all you. All right, fam. Welcome to the well, we gotta get that proper sidebar up. It is the Sunday fun day QA. So we're taking lots of questions today. We'll get into those in just a moment. Make sure you hit the like button and drop in the comments down below. What are you smashing today? Everyone watching, especially those of you on YouTubes, make sure you hit that like button right yeah. now or yeah. I am coming for you. Come on. Why are you watching if you're not going to hit the like button? Obviously, you like it. You're watching it. Silly things. Silly things. You're silly. You're silly. Hit that thumbs up. Takes two seconds, by the way, but that, you know, a lot of people don't get their alerts and things like that. That's why we got to use swole text, which is awesome, but... um you know, let's make sure that people that are subscribed to the channel get those notifications. Also, tomorrow, a little announcement before we just jump right into those questions. Tomorrow at 12 noon Eastern time, Monday, March the 27th, we have uh, our accountability meeting, live accountability meeting, new releases. We also will be uh, announcing some new things like we always do, new releases, recipes, and some other things actually that um, makes tomorrow actually a little bit extra special. It's always special. Best way to start the week, but we do have some other things to talk about tomorrow, 12 noon, so the episode will be private. Don't miss out on that. Join us inside Solnormous X and get access to all the private live streams. We had an awesome roundtable last week. God, this past, we had a roundtable last week. We had a brand new drive mall gaining that dropped on Friday. It was lit. We had a lot of stuff going down, so you're missing out on a few live streams a week if you're not a member. And plus all the programs, yoga, meditation, all seven pillars content you get inside Solnormous X. So join us over there and we'll see you tomorrow for the accountability meeting. Now, drop in the comments down below. What are you smashing today? What did you smash? What are you eating today? What's going on? 
What are you doing today to celebrate the Sunday Funday Q&A-ness? And uh, we'll get right into those questions. Drop them in the comments down below. Hashtag AskPapaSwolio. Let's get the Falcon out. Let's get this card exposed. It's a good one today, fam. Let's get this party started, shall we? Now, some of you might be thinking, summer swole, it's freezing where I'm at. Well, it's hot as fucking balls down here in Florida. Summer's already here, and before you know it, it's going to be wherever you live to. So hashtag summer swole for a chance to win today's swole card, and we're going to get right into those questions, so drop that in the comments, and we're going to get into it. All right, let's take the first question. Uh, we'll take a call first, and of course, you can submit your questions. You can call in over at Ask Papa Swolio. Dot com. We got our first caller. This one's from Akil. Akil? Maybe. What do we do after gym? Okay. Rough start. I have no fucking idea what you said. What you do after gym? Okay. Let's. Come on, really? That's gonna be the, f that's gonna be where we start. I, I have no idea even what I don't even know what the sound was. Rogan. I'm in the fucking gym. Give me motivations. Uh, keep going to the fucking gym. Do it again tomorrow. <laughs> do it again tomorrow. What do we do after gym? We eat food. Yeah, I'm, I'm even the first question. What do you do after? Come on, come on. All right, wax. Papa Soyo, what are the barefoot shoes you're wearing in some videos? I have a bunch of different barefoot shoes, but Vibrams are the ones with the toes. Okay, let's take another call. This one's from Dark. The fuck are these calls and these names? I'm not happy with the shitty calls getting through. That shouldn't be in the folder. Hey, Papa Solo. Can I do gymming with you? Should we start this? Should we start the episode over again? Should we start this? Matt Damon. Can I go? No. No. I mean, you can join Swanormous X and do the programs and stuff that we do, but no. Like, can you train with me? I mean, literally with me? No. But you can join the fam and do our Swolga classes and yoga classes and programs. What the fuck is this shit? What the fuck is this? Renata. Someone ask a good question. This is dog shit. This is dog shit. Hi, from Brazil. 
Um, it's too wrong to go to the gym just to eat、uh, fast food and things I'm not supposed to eat. I just try to balance. I know I feel I feel less、um, the blame when I go to the gym when I eat shit and go to the gym. I go to the gym every single day besides Sunday, but I eat like pork. So can I my body can my body find a balance? Or no, I'm doing everything wrong. I I missed the very beginning of this question. Was she asking like, can she eat like shit and go to the gym and and get results? I'm I actually missed that question because I was typing something for a second. Okay, I mean we I might just start the episode over again. Does anyone did what did she say? I I kind of missed the beginning of it. <laughs> this is funny. This is funny. This is funny. I'm pissed off about the first few calls, but、um, we'll, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of. It. We'll make sure only the calls coming through are going to be coherent and、uh, legitimate. No more of these stupid go to the fucking gym comments.、Uh, let's see. She says she does eat like shit. That's why I thought. Okay,、uh, she does eat like shit, and if her body can find a balance, is she doing it all wrong? No, don't eat shit. Your if your if your nutrition is shit, then. You're not going to outtrain a bad diet, but I hate that phrase. You need to be a hundred percent with your nutrition and know what you're doing. You need to be eating the right foods for the right reasons. So if you're eating like shit, yeah, you're doing it wrong. If you're eating like shit, then you're not going to get great results. You're going to have chronic inflammation and poor sleep and poor recovery. And what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? Jesus Christ. Uh, let's take、um, let's take a question from Instagram. Never thought we would go to Instagram for this. is funny. This is funny. It's it's always random. You never know what you're gonna get on the Sunday funny Q and A. So no worries, no worries. We'll bring this fucking train around. Never thought I would be going to Instagram for a question. Never thought I'd be going to Instagram for please save save the Q and A. Is、uh, Ivan or Ivan Montero? I'm assuming Ivan, bro. It's good to stay three hours in the gym. So I get this question a lot in terms of how long should you work out, and it really, there's no actual answer. It depends on your rest periods, depends on what you mean by three hours in the gym. Are you warming up for twenty minutes? Are you driving to the gym? Do you leave your house at one o'clock and get back at four? Are you cooling down? How long are you actually? Because your warm up, are you including that timing in your actual training? Are you training intensely for three hours because you're not really training that intense? If you can train for three hours, you're doing more endurance. You're doing a lot of junk volume, in my opinion. If you're literally lift, lifting for three hours, I sometimes have long lifting sessions here, but I'm setting up different workouts and I'm not literally lifting like nonstop for three hours. So that's a long time, but To be in the gym for three hours, or are you training for three hours? Are you doing fifty fucking sets? So, in terms of your active training, an hour is enough. I mean, technically, half an hour can be enough, depending on what you're doing. An hour and a half can be enough, but about an hour is great for doing for the for most people. That's plenty. In terms of what volume you would need to do for beginner and intermediate, if you're more advanced, depending on your training split, it might be more time. But again, it depends on what you're including with that timing. All right, it depends on what you're including with that time period. How are you blocking off three hours? You do like what are you considering three hours in the gym? Like from you walk in the door or 
uh, from when you f- start your first set, that kind of thing. It's always important to, uh, to specify, uh, Tyler Papa Soy, how many times a day is cold plunging appropriate for recovery? I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it, but actually for me, I, I find that I like it more for just the wake up and the physiological morning experience for me rather than for recovery. If you have an injury or something, icing immediately after is a good idea. But for example, you don't want to ice immediately after a hypertrophy or like a strength training session just because the icing can inhibit the inflammatory response that's actually required for building muscle and strength and repairing muscle tissue. So you want that response right after. So I tend to try to just plunge in the morning and then not later on the day after my training or anything like that. So how many times a day? You only really do it once, but of course, how long you're plunging for. You can start with a cold shower. So it depends on what kind of, there's a lot of different benefits that people do cold plunging for. I think it's a great way to start the day because it's centering. It's like a meditation because you're really focused on the present. You're focused on what you're doing because it's so fucking cold that it brings you right into that current moment. And it's a cool way to start the day. Get it? Cool way. Especially down here in Florida when it's hot as fuck going and getting in there and the sun's starting to come out or going right into doing, I usually do that and I do my morning mule, I call it. I go and I plunge and then I throw on the belt and I just start dragging the sled for a few laps just to warm back up. So that's a nice way to start the day. Uh, Keith, thank you for the super chat. What the fuck, Papa? What the fuck? I appreciate Keith is like, my God, what a rough start. He actually gave me money. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yow. Yow. Oh my God, Papa. What the fuck? Here's five bucks. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm going to get some grass fed beef with that brother. Let's see. John Papa Swilliu, do you incorporate fasting into your training or use as needed? Well, I usually don't eat until later in the day. I usually don't eat until the afternoon after I work out, depending on when I train. I don't eat until after I train usually. Um, For a little while, I was doing kefir and sometimes some cream in my coffee earlier in the day, but I I personally like not getting any kind of calories in until after I train, usually late morning or usually early afternoon. I'll try to not to eat. I don't overthink it. I don't have a timer that says, ooh, I'm allowed to eat now, but usually happens two, three, four o'clock is when I'll eat, and I'll usually have one kind of meal. I'm usually not eating multiple meals, but I'll have after my workout. So I trained and then I had some kefir with some creatine and stuff in it and a little bit of honey after the workout. So that's a decent, that's a solid amount of calories and protein and fat. So that's a meal or would be considered a meal to many people. So it's not, I'm sitting down having a steak. It's not a formal meal, but it's definitely calories and protein after my workout. So then after the show, We'll have some food, probably. I'll have some food. We'll have like a meal or cook some beef or eggs or something like that. Mama Swolio, when she comes home and after the show is over. So fasting is great, but I will do some fasting now and again, but usually I'm just not eating all day. So whether you want to call it intermittent fasting or just not stuffing your face all day, I think a time-restricted eating window is very good, and I prefer it personally. Okay, let's see. Dylan Papasolio, looking for some sunscreen alternatives. I work outside all day in Australian heat and burn fast. 
also been vegetarian for 31 years and ate my first steak last week. Oh my God. Round of applause. How is the steak? I think all, I think Australian beef is grass fed. Like I think all of it's grass fed. I don't think they do any of the grain stuff. Tell me if I'm wrong. Some of you are watching from Australia. Sunscreen alternatives. I'm not a fan of sun. I know they, there, there's some things that you can put. I, I don't know what it is. Something with like zinc or people make their own homemade sunscreens. I just go get sun. And then if I'm getting hot, I go in the shade or you wear a big hat, you wear long sleeves. It might not sound glamorous in the heat, but that blocks the sun from hitting your skin. So I'm not sure what you're doing outside all day, but whenever you see people working in the fields, they usually have the big sun hat, the big fucking hats on. They have long sleeves and you're thinking, man, they must be hot. Well, they're not getting burned. So that's why they're wearing long sleeves and stuff like that. So if anyone has any recommendations, I, I don't remember what some people mix on their own off the top of my head, but, and the reason why Dylan's asking is because, you know, commercial sunscreen is dog shit. Uh, let's see, Frank Papasolio, which would you recommend for strength? Dumbbell press or barbell press for chest? Dumbbell press or barbell press? I am looking to increase overall strength. Uh, well, both are going to do that. You can increase strength with barbell, with band, with dumbbell. So what I recommend, uh, either one, whichever feels best for you. I would definitely do both. I would do both. I would do both. Maybe you want to do flat bench press, but then doing incline dumbbell and then mix it up. Then one week do flat or incline barbell and then incline. It depends because you can use different bars. If you don't want to use just a straight bar, they have sometimes the curved bars or the ones that, so you can get a little bit more of a stretch with an actual bench press. Machines are fantastic. There are a lot of really good machines that like converging chest presses. I have a flat converging chest press outside that I do sometimes in my rotation, but sometimes those sitting, those upright hammer strength ones are really good. So if you have access to good machines, machines, it's just a different tool, right? It's just a different tool. And some machines are going to be awesome. Some are going to suck. So not all machines are created equal. Some might fit your body better than others. And some have a better movement pattern. And of course, you're going to be able to enact different force on a machine than you can with free weights because you don't have to worry about the stabilization. You can really, you know, use absolute brute force and do it more safely too in many capacities. So I'm not really at the camp. In general, I will say free weights are better than machines. In general, you shouldn't be using, in my opinion, you shouldn't be using machines over free weights because you have issues with free weights because you don't have proper mobility. I don't like people using machines as an excuse to not train mobility and to not make sure that your body is moving properly and you're taking care of your stabilizers and full range of motion. But using machines as a tool, let's say you have good mobility, practice yoga, you practice mobility and flexibility training and things like that, and you're using a machine, for example, that's fine. But if you're like, oh, this hurts, or free weights hurt, so I use machines, you're avoiding the source of the problem. You're eventually going to have that problem even if you use machines, if you know what I'm saying. So both are good, but most people would agree that barbell, you'll be able to load more weight, for example. Let's say you might be able to do 225 or 315 on a bar, but you're not going to be able to do 160s for most gyms don't have dumbbells that go up that high, but it's much harder to go heavier with dumbbells than it is in terms of overload. And it's less safe too. You need spotters. You need to, you're stabilizing two different weights. And of course, once you start going up heavy with, with benching, 
the dumbbells become less and less realistic. I know you've seen those pro bodybuilders doing 200 pound dumbbells and shit like that, which are rare, hard to come by, but it's the fucking workout itself, even just getting it up. Uh, Mika Ash, Papa Soli, what do you feel about uh, Tabata workouts? I did one yesterday, kicked my ass, but I don't know if it's actually strengthening anything or it's just cardio. Uh, it's cardio. So you're absolutely right. Um, how do I feel? It's cardio. You're lifting for cardio. If you're lifting weights with Tabata, you're lifting for cardio. Yep. So if you're doing some cardio, then you could do rope for that. You can lift 20 seconds on. Was that 10 se- 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off? Or 10 seconds on, right? 20 and 10 or something like that. So yeah, it's definitely cardio. But don't get it wrong. If you're new to training, you're going to build strength too. You're just, it's not the proper training protocol if you're, goal is strength and muscle building. Remember when I say if your goal is strength and muscle building, some people might say, well, you could build muscle doing Tabata stuff. I'm not saying you can't build muscle and build strength, but you're not going to build. That's not the priority. If you want to build muscle and strength, then you need to not do Tabata training. That's not going to be optimal for building muscle and strength. Uh, King Lion, RSA, Papa Soy, how much should you eat in winter and summer months? I find myself eating less now that's becoming winter. I mean, it all depends on your energy output, but I generally, when it gets into colder temperatures, there's a reason why people go more towards like bone broth and things like that, fat and protein. Um, You shouldn't be over consuming carbohydrates in the winter, in my opinion. You're not really going to need to. So you need, you know, you need the proper nutrients if you're training, pro- training hard and things like that. But the days are shorter. I don't know where you live exactly, but it's very normal to not crave fruit and tons of carbohydrates in the winter and to naturally lean more towards proteins and fats. So it's a better time period to go more keto or lower carbohydrate and up the proteins and fats in my experience. Uh, Dita, what's your typical warm up before lifting? Depends on what body part I'm doing. If it's a leg day, usually I'll do it's, it's, this is not only if I'm doing legs, but I like doing some sled. So I'll do a couple laps, reverse front and back, uh, sled work, just great for the knees and great for the, the joints and good to get the heart rate up a little bit and just to get moving. Uh, if it's upper body, I'll do some club or some dead hangs, some pull-ups and things like that. So it really, really depends on the body parts, but I'll usually for chest or for back, if I'm doing an upper body workout, I'll do 10 minute of clubs, just switching hands, underhand circles, left, right, overhand, right, left. And after that, then I'll do my warm up set. So I'll usually do a general warm up, just decompressing the shoulder and the elbow and the wrist, getting a little workout going, breathing, getting my mind into the game, getting my heart rate up a little bit, getting some sun on my nips and shit. Uh, so some circles are great with a club or a mace if you have a mace and you don't have clubs. And then after that, if I'm doing chest, let's say I'm starting off with heavy dips, then I'll get into just some couple light sets of body weight and then go from there or pressing. So I'll do the club work and then I'll just do like a light set or two of the exercise, the first exercise I'm going to do, and then I'll get into it. You could do other types of activation. So when it comes to customizing your warm up, it depends if you need to activate certain muscles and scapular depressions you could do you could do uh scapular depressions on a pull down you can do dead hangs with scapular depressions to activate your middle and lower traps you could do some cobras so it really depends on your physique and where your compensations are and if it's something that you need to activate first with some corrective exercise then you should do that too and add that in but that's what i do that's what i did so 
Natty Knight, uh, Papa Solo, I thought recently the rice rest ice compression elevation method was disproven for some injuries. Uh, maybe. Maybe. You know, when it comes to certain things that I experience, if I have an injury, I don't limit, I don't inhibit it, for example. I might move it more. Uh, so I might put it in a bucket of rice and move it and roll it or put it in the plunge and while it's getting cold, I will move it and keep it moving. So it might have been disproven. I don't, I don't know. You can look into that. Do not know. Let's see. I think there's a lot of individualization there. You know, you get an injury and you ice it. I don't see how that's going to be bad for you, but maybe there's a better way or they're always going to come out with some new stuff depending on the studies or whatever they're trying to push. So I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure there's something else you could do, but I would say, I will, I will say that for certain things or certain things that might set me back or different kinds of tweaks or depending on what the issue is, I'll treat it differently. Freddie, what's the difference between grass-fed and grass-finished? Well, grass-finished means it's grass-fed and grass-finished, not fed grain the last 20% or so of its life and whatever else they're putting in it. So if you want to get 100% grass-fed and grass-fed, it'll say 100% grass-fed, which means grass-fed and grass-finished, or it'll say grass-fed and grass-finished. But if it just says grass-fed beef, in the United States, if it just says grass-fed beef, that means it's fed grain at the end. It's fed like probably 20 or 30% grain towards the end of its life. So if you go to Walmart and certain places says grass-fed beef, it's not 100% grass-fed beef. That distinction matters in the United States at least. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dylan, steak was the most satiating meal I have eaten. It was from a quality butcher, so very nice with some salt and butter. Also been having some ground beef, which is great too. Good for you. Good stuff. Get some beef. Huh, Papa said getting it up. Goddamn right. Get it up, fam. Because, because. Welcome, fam, to the Sunday Funday Q&A. And it's, we're on a roll now. Good live questions. The small fam saved the day. Rough start. Rough start. But it's funny. Pretty funny, though. David, I uh, have lost 140 pounds, but still need to lose another 56 to reach a healthy BMI. My question is when to increase the weight training rod in the current dumbbell workouts I currently do. I'm confused increase the weight training. You should be increasing the weight training now, but you're doing dumbbell workouts. So it sounds like you're weight training. Focus on building muscle now. I don't know what you're, who told you what to lose fat first and then build muscle. That's nonsense. Lift heavy weights and build muscle. Now focus on lifting weights and increasing the weight and training hard, lifting heavy now. And again, BMI is not going to be accurate when you build muscle. Just keep that in mind. So don't worry and over obsess about the BMI. You have a lot of fat acceptance people. BMI is racist and BMI is not accurate. It's accurate for people that don't do anything. But when you build muscle, it becomes less accurate because lean mass, it goes by height and weight. So for me, I'm obese or morbidly obese according to BMI because of my height and my lean mass. So it's not accurate if you have, a, if you have muscle mass, if you lift weights, it's really not that accurate. So just keep that in mind. So don't worry. Don't obsess about the BMI. Don't, don't obsess about the scale. Focus on elimination diet, cutting out inflammatory foods, getting quality sleep, all those things and lifting heavy lift like a beast. Good for you, David. Congratulations. Keep it up. Dylan on the sunscreen. I do wear long sleeves, but I wear a helmet motorcycle posty. 
so hats aren't an option, unfortunately. I tried zinc, but it dries the hell out of my skin. Hmm. So we're talking natural, natural sunblocks. I know there are some concoctions that people can make. I just don't know what is off the top of my head. Let's see, Freddie, what does using the foam roller help with warming up or when in a weightlifting session? Well, I mean, you could use the foam roller for different things, even for some sort of mobility exercises. I personally don't do foam rolling before. I wouldn't do it before training. Some people, I don't know if NASM still pushes that, but some people will foam roll first. You can a little bit. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to use foam rolling properly. They'll lay on their back and roll quickly back and forth. You're supposed to hold positions on the foam roller for like 30 seconds, a minute plus. You're supposed to really inhibit. So before training, there are a lot, there are probably going to be a lot of competing thoughts about this. So in my experience, you don't want to inhibit and deactivate the muscles before strength training. It kind of defeats the purpose. But if you do some foam rolling and loosen some stuff up and then do some activation warm up, then you're going to be fine. But um, after a workout, you can do some foam rolling. That's good for recovery and relaxing the muscles, inhibiting the muscles and aiding in blood flow and venous return and stuff like that, kind of squeezing out the muscles. It's like a massage. It's like a self-massage. But foam rolling is designed to inhibit the muscle tissue and shut down some neural pathways in order to relax the muscle and break up adhesions and such. If you have muscles that are overactive and really tight that you're trying to inhibit and lengthen. So it's good if you're doing mobility, if you're doing it before a mobility workout. That'd be a little bit more appropriate if you're doing it first. Isaiah, Papa Sully on volume days. Do you want to have a weight that you top out at 12 to 15 reps or is that a minimum rep range you want to hit? Uh, I don't usually, well, it depends on the exercise on volume days. Well, volume is going to be dependent on your intensity. The more intense you're training, the less volume you're going to need usually, especially for natural lifters. And you're trying to build strength and hypertrophy. You don't need tons and tons of volume depending on your intensity. Everyone's going to have a range and you're going to have to find what works best for you. Um, but 12 to 15 reps, I mean, I would honestly go heavier. If you're trying to build muscle, I would go heavier. And then if you end up getting some more reps, then get some more reps, do some forced reps or some negatives and stuff. So 12 to 15 reps, it's a range, but for building muscle, I've had even better experience doing six, eight, 10 repetitions, you know, pick a heavier weight, make sure you're going heavier enough. So when you up the weight, that's the intensity. So intensity is relative to your one repetition max. So whatever exercise you're choosing, make sure you're going heavy and then pushing and trying to do as many reps as possible. So pick a weight. I would recommend maybe that you can only get like eight to 10 or six to 10 and then just really push, get some negatives, get some isometric holds at the end, do some drop sets or, you know, really focus maybe less on overall volume, doing like five sets per exercise, cut it down to like one or two sets at your peak that you're really just blasting the muscle and you're really getting those forced reps and those negatives are really going to that point of failure. And then a little bit beyond trying to squeeze out the last little bit of action from those muscles. Let's see here. Uh, Keith, I believe the older you get, the more weight and less reps you should do. That was always my experience. 44 and I lift heavy with low reps. Well, that depends. Um, more weight, less reps. That's just how everyone's going to lift. The more weight you do, the less reps you're going to be able to get because that's a higher percentage. That's a higher intensity. So, 
what I think you really mean is the less overall volume. You keep the intensity higher. Again, if you train intensely, there's nothing wrong with intense training. That's how you're going to build muscle and overload properly. But what I think Keith is referencing here is as you get older, the recovery is more challenging. There's more experience that you have and it requires less volume in some capacities and some theories and some applications. There's less that's required to maintain where you're at because you've built to a certain point. So in order to take yourself to that next level, there's that point of diminishing returns. So if more was better than three sets is better than two sets. Four sets is better than three. Five is better than four. Six is better than five. And I think we all know that doing 10 sets per exercise, doing 50 or 100 sets in a workout would be insanity. You'd just be going really light. You'd be in there for hours. It would just be a waste of time. It's called junk volume. And this is going to be different from person to person, depending on what you're trying to accomplish and what your experience is. But in my personal experience, the more, the longer you've trained, the more experience your body has, the more like of a foundation work capacity you've built, the less overall volume you're going to need. And it's not that I think you should train to maintain, because I think if you train to maintain, you're going to lose. Training to maintain is like treading water. You should always be looking for improvement, but the way you should look for improvement is by maintaining that strength, trying to improve your strength, improve your intensity, go hard, but then do less, focus more, focus your effort into less volume because the recovery is longer between workouts. The required input is less. Your experience is greater, so you could focus more of that intensity accurately into specific sets that are going to, you know, you could really push those. You have more experience. You could really push those sets harder. You could do negatives. You could do isometrics. You could do drop sets, you know, for that one or two set at your peak. And so just funnel, I would just say funnel your experience and your intensity into less of those working sets. So rather than getting, you know, doing four sets that are, you know, at your max capacity, is it really your max capacity? If you're doing four sets at that, is it really your max? If you could do it four times. So maybe one or two warm up sets. I'm not saying don't warm up. You don't just, well, I'm, I'm warmed up. And then you throw all the weight that you can on the bench press. And then your first set, no, you still get, you might put 135 on and do a good set, but you're not going to failure. And then you might put another 45 or 25 and then, you know, maybe do eight reps or something like that. And you're starting to push a little bit but then you stop, you don't get to that point where you're really trying to force it out because you're not exhausting yourself. But then you throw on, let's say 225 is what you normally would bench or 230. It doesn't matter. This is just an approximation. So you put two plates on. And then that set is when you really fucking go all out and you get the last one and maybe you have a spot or you get a couple more or you do like a hold at the end. You just kind of pulse it and then boom, then you rack it. And then maybe you do one more set after that. So you're really only doing one or two sets really to the fucking limit. And you put that weight on. So you didn't fatigue yourself with those prior sets. They were just warm up and kind of gauging sets. And any of you that, 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 that lift, you know, that those warm up sets is essentially that you're kind of getting an idea of where you're at that day and your strength is going to vary. You're not always going to just be going up. You're not always going to be just lifting more and more and more. So when you are doing your warm up, you're getting an idea of where you're at that day. And then you know, you know how to load up the bar for those max. When I say max sets, I mean those like those failure sets, those real working sets is what they're commonly called. Uh, Wax, advice on obtaining better symmetry in terms of what? Make sure you don't have compensations, yoga, 
if you have larger muscles on one side than the other, people have dominant arms and things like that. Train the weaker ones more often with more overload or don't train the other one. Depends on the symmetry. Everyone's different too. Not everyone has perfect symmetry. That's why it's rare. That's why being a successful bodybuilder, for example, or figure competitor is rare because most people don't have proper. So genetically, most people don't have that kind of fundamental symmetry. They'll have different tie-ins on different sides or their abs won't be completely. Some people are just genetically, you know, for all the people that are quote, genetically optimal for bodybuilding, how many of those people actually go into bodybuilding? And of those people that are genetically optimal and that go into bodybuilding, how many of them do it right and really obsess over it and really go all the way? So that's why there's always a small percentage of a few that you look at them on stage, like how the fuck are they completely symmetrical? But that's also what they're trying to accomplish day in and day out. They work on being symmetrical and working and bringing up weak points, but they're also just genetically their tie-ins and their muscle bellies are just even. Let's see here. Good questions. Swole fam bringing in the heat. Papa Swolio, when doing Bulgarian split squats today, I was shifting more of my weight onto the outside of my heels, the outside of your heels. You mean the outside of your foot? My glutes and other outer muscles were on fire. What are those muscles that get used? So, I mean, my glutes and other outer muscles. You mean the gluteus medius? There's a bunch of muscles over there. Vastus lateralis. It's the glutes, gluteus medius. Um, now, we're doing Bulgarian split squats. There are a bunch of different ways to do it. You could do it with... Uh, with the foot that you have in front, you could do with, let's say your right foot's in front, you could hold a dumbbell in your right hand. I personally, if my right foot's in front, I like doing a single dumbbell in my left hand. And then you could put your right hand, you could hold like a, a bar vertically, or you can hold onto like the ring of a squat rack. And that allows you for your counterbalance, your foot kind of travels a little bit more. Your knee will kind of travel a little bit more outside, stays more in line with the second toe, but you'll really feel the outer portions of your quads and glutes and if you want to hit more quads you can elevate your front heel you can have a slant board or put your front heel up on a like a five or ten pound plate and you can focus a little bit more on the knee flexion that'll hit a little bit more quads too uh, let's see tyler i caught the replay of yesterday's episode since i wasn't able to show up live question is on that story from the daily mail about the adhd do people use that as an excuse and label themselves uh, we didn't really go into the whole story. It was really more like the premise of it. Do people? Sure. People self-diagnose and just say things all the time. People diagnose and just say that they're, people say they're depressed all the time, you know, but also the diagnosis of clinical depression is completely overblown too, in my opinion. But a lot of people just say that they have something. <laughs> Mika, some people have one bigger boob. Yeah, a lot of people like one ear is higher than the other. Usually, you know, very rarely is someone actually like no one's perfectly symmetrical. Like if you're at them on a micro level, but some people just seem that way more than others. Isaiah, do you think adding drop sets to really push the intensity is good to do each workout or every so often thinking more so during volume days and swole season? is good each workout. I think it depends. I mean, if you want to do one set, like that last set to failure, maybe of the workout, maybe like the last 
exercise, maybe the last exercise of the entire workout, you could play around with it because it comes down to the intensity, right? If you're doing a drop set every set, let's say you're doing three exercises, three sets each, that's nine total sets. You're doing nine drop sets. You're really fatigued. You're not getting the most out of the last exercise. So the reason why I was talking about the intensity and the volume, I think it's more important when you're more advanced, when you're older, when you're, you know, been training for a long time, when you have a lot of experience, but it's something to keep in mind, any body part or any exercise or any area of a body part that you're trying to work more, do it first. So if you're trying to bring up a certain exercise, if you're trying to really focus on, I don't know, dumbbell incline bench, don't do dumbbell incline bench last. So if you're doing four exercises, don't do that exercise last. So this is where acute variables make a difference. You can adjust your training protocols and focus on the areas. So if you're doing, let's say, imagine how much more tired you'll be before that last exercise, you're doing nine drop sets first. So if you're doing one or, but then again, if you're doing one or two working sets, you might only go like four sets really hard to failure. And then you're getting to that last exercise where you're doing one or two sets. So you might, you'll have a lot more in the tank for that last exercise. In other words, if you're trying to get the most, if you're doing three or four exercises, let's say you're doing for chest or for back and you're picking three or four exercises, you want to get the benefit of that exercise, right? You want to get the benefit of that exercise. And if you're flat out exhausted by the time you get to that last exercise, you're just going through the motions. What are you actually getting out of it? You might get to that last exercise and because you put that exercise last and because you're exhausted, let's say you're doing, let's say it's a chest fly and you've done 15, 20 sets already. So at the end, all of a sudden you're grabbing like 20 pounds or 25 pounds, you're blasted. But if you did that exercise first, you would have been able to do 35 pounds. So what you're, you're really not getting the stimuli required for that muscle. You're just causing damage and overloading your body. And this is where junk volume comes into, comes into play. So you really want that stimulus. You really want to be using as much of your energy as possible for that exercise. So it just, if you're unable to hit that peak, shift around the exercise or increase the intensity and decrease the volume of the working sets. So you can use your energy appropriately for each exercise. Otherwise you're just doing an exercise and you're just fatiguing yourself without getting the stimuli. So this is the, this is, and it's a, it's a science of course, and it's also trial and error, but you have to create the stimulus that will trigger the body to repair, recover, to build, improve strength, et cetera, et cetera, for the, for a subsequent upcoming workout. So if you are doing an exercise without the required stimulus, then you're just doing, you're just doing repetitions. Does that make sense? You're wearing down your body physiologically, but you're not going to actually get the adaptation that you would want to get from that exercise because you're not creating the proper stimulus. If that doesn't make sense, you can clarify. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm getting it, trying to explain it as succinctly as possible. And this is just, it doesn't mean you're not doing, you just might do one or two warm up sets and then boom, blast it for one or two sets, really all out. So then your working sets, you might be doing six, seven, eight, really all out sets, but you're funneling all that energy. You're more fresh. You're really getting everything out of those exercises. And you're not actually creating the same type of physiological wear and tear that's going to prolong your recovery between the next 
exercise. Just a different way to think about things. More isn't always better. We always talk about that in your program should have a foundation of recovery. Dita, Papa Salia, what is optimal weight loss for someone who has about 30 pounds extra? I'm losing weight, but if I could do something to speed things up, I'd like to. There is no such thing as speeding anything up. It's going to happen at the pace that it's going to happen for you. Everyone's different. So optimal weight loss, you might hear one to two pounds a week, but honestly, half a pound a week is great. But, you know, weighing on the scale is so inaccurate when you're building muscle and you're lifting weights, you're going to fluctuate. Just don't obsess with the scale. Maybe weigh yourself once a week or every two weeks. It's just if you really focus on the scale only and you're training, you're lifting weights, it might not go down because you might be retaining water from heavy weight training workout, but you might have put on a little bit of muscle. So the weight loss, the absolute weight loss isn't as much. So it's an easy way to get discouraged. But in terms of body fat, literally body fat, one pound a week is awesome. It's awesome. It doesn't sound like a lot. So people get bummed out. I only lost a pound. That's fucking great. Half a pound is great. You lose half a pound for a month. That's two pounds. Freddie Papasoli, if a foam rolling stimulates, simulates a massage in a sense, would it work to help rid of knots and muscles? Well, that's the point of foam rolling is to reduce and release adhesions. So foam rolling is different because you're putting your, your neurologically like shutting down, you're doing it yourself. So it's a little bit more intensive on you relaxing the muscles because you're breathing through and allowing the muscles to stop spasming and relax into the pressure. So yeah, but it depends on why the knots are there. A lot of times people foam roll and then they feel better temporarily. And then their muscle compensations and their movement impairments just come right back because they don't have good form or the same habits or repetitive movement patterns. They continue and then the knots return. So it depends on why you have muscle adhesions and fixing the root cause, of course, in conjunction with that. Let's see here. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Bristol William, Papa Swolio, is there a way to get gains from lifting while not compromising cardio too much? Yes. Everyone's different. Like to get gains from lifting. First, if you're new to training, you're going to get gains doing mostly any type of training because it's all a new stimulus. So your body is adaptive to many things because you're getting exposed. Anything you do is new. Uh, I mean, compromising cardio, just don't overdo it. I mean, people think that they're going to get in shape just by doing cardio and they get skinny fat or they exhaust themselves. You can do cardio. You could do jump roping or kettlebell or club or sled work or sprints or going for a long walk or a bike ride. Just don't overdo it. You know, maybe do like, you know, one more and, you know, I mean, it depends. I, I need to really, I can't just give an answer. Everyone's different. So yes. Yes, you could you can get gains from lifting and still maintain uh, you know cardiovascular function, which is important. Uh, Tyler, how can I prioritize my meals, exercises, and water intake? Being on the road, traveling to a different state, I don't want to set excuses. I want the best for myself and stay consistent by prioritizing your meals, exercise, and water intake. Like you're answering your own question, how can I prioritize by prioritizing it? Prepare your meals, get your exercise in, bring water, drink water. That's how you do it. 
by prioritizing it. Prioritizing means it's important to you and you get it done. That's what a priority is. How can you? By prioritizing it. I'm not saying that to be an asshole. It's just, that's how you do it. It's like, how do I be consistent with? By being fucking consistent. By doing it. So be prepared. Most people don't do the things that they should be doing because they aren't prepared. So if you don't have the food when you need to eat, then you didn't prepare, right? If you didn't make the food in advance or whatever. So you have to prepare and that's going to depend on your situation. JC Solus 72 Papa, we need nutrition tips for guys over 40. Uh, that's all I do is give nutrition tips for human beings. So the same nutrition tips I would give for a guy that's 30 or 20. Just most people that are 20 don't listen to anything and they think they can do whatever they want and they soon find out that uh, they should have taken care of their health when they were 20 and not pretend, assuming that they could fix things 20 years later after 20 years of bad habits. So elimination diet, you know, listen to the show or all the same things we talk about every day, cutting out inflammatory foods. You can learn more on the blog or join the fam, solenormousx.com and everything that we talk about in the podcast. 40, same as I would give for 50, same as I would, like it's, same as I would give for women. You know, everyone starts in the same spot. You should all start in the same, same place with elimination and starting from scratch. All right. Let's see. Good questions though. We, we brought it back. We brought it back then. Small fan, you were huge. You were huge today. Well, let's take another call. I know Will. This is from Will, so I'm sure it's going to be... I know. Risky. Fingers crossed. Will, you're on the line. Hey, Papa Solio. So I was curious on what your thoughts are when people use the term overtraining in the fitness industry. Because you hear about a lot of people saying that they overtrain, in quotation marks, but you never really see the full story of how hard they actually train. So I was curious what your thoughts are and if people actually just use it as an excuse more instead of just not the trend. So if you have any thoughts on it, let me know. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Well, so people just saying that they're overtraining. Well, people use a lot of terms. Um, so it really depends on what we always talk about under recovery. So one person, one person's program, for example, my, the way I, what I do for my training for someone that's new would destroy them. And it's not that like my training is so next level. No one else could do it, but it's someone that isn't trained. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's like you want to play a, you want to play some, Hey, we're going to go play some wiffle ball. And instead they throw you in the batter's box of like a major league, major league game. And so you're going to, you're going to make a fool. You're going to be laid out or NFL, you know, Hey, we're going to go throw a football around and you end up and you're at like a scrimmage. You know, fucked up. So people under recover all the time. Now overtraining, I would look, I would, I, I like defining overtraining a little bit more as in an individual workout. Now, you know, the classic definitions, but I, I think it's important to explain that in context of under recovery. So overtraining would be like, you did more than you required. The way I'm going to explain it, you, you do more than is required for more stimulus than required for adaptation. So you did way too much. You 
went for a fucking run instead of doing your normal five miles. You really pushed it and got did 20 and you're really just banged up and you, you overdid it. So that's you overtrained. Now, of course, chronic overtraining, there's a lot of side effects and you can look it up. And, you know, this is my own explanation because I like thinking of things in terms of under recovery because, again, one person's overtraining is another person's workout. So someone, so my workout would be overtraining for many, many, many people out there. You take someone off the road, like, hey, come train with me and do every set and do it as, it would be, be so reckless and damaging to that person. They would be so sore. They might even hurt themselves or have rhabdomyolysis. You know, they, they'd have a lot of, they'd be fucked up, traumatized. So it's the recovery. So for me, and here's the thing, even my training, what I do would be more, I would have chronic, I would have issues if I didn't recover properly between sets. So you want to make sure that you're pushing yourself, but you are allowing yourself enough recovery so you can have a subsequent workout. Now, your work capacity will improve over time. And if you are repairing properly for the next intense workout, that's what's most important. So a lot of people under-recover more than they overtrain. Um, so their workout might be fine, but maybe they should leave a day off in between the next resistance workout. So maybe it's their program design. Uh, people throw around these terms and it's not that they're using them necessarily wrong, but a lot of people say overtraining when maybe they're just not programming properly, which can lead to that kind of overtraining or under recovery. Like it's a component of all of these things. So proper, that's why program design is important. Uh, that's why in all the programs, we usually offset resistance training with yoga or swolga because it allows your body to physiologically repair, psychologically repair intense weight training shouldn't be done five days in a fucking row. Can you train five days in a week, you know, and two days of more active recovery? Like, sure. But at the same time, you shouldn't be just doing five days straight of resistance training. Now that's the kind of thing we we're talking about earlier. You can get away with that kind of stuff when you're younger or you think you can, but again, getting away with it and optimizing your results, it's different. And it's psychologically a mind fuck when you're doing, let's say, more intense training but less volume and you're not as crippled sore and you think, okay, I'm not sore. I'm not making progress. But that's not true. You don't have to be crippled sore like, oh my God, I can't move my arm in order to build muscle. So there's a lot of, like you might get super sore from doing tons and tons of volume, but it might be overkill and you're getting sore, but you're not going to stimulate that, that you're not going to stimulate the proper recovery protocol, your body isn't going to repair in the manner that would be optimal for muscle growth long-term, maybe temporarily. But the whole thing is the more sore you are, like if you really do a lot of volume and you do a lot of junk volume, you do a lot of extra stuff. And then how long, think of how long it's going to take for you to repair and recover so you can do it again. Like this is what anabolic steroids do. It allows your body protein synthesis and fat metabolism, but allows you to do more work in less time. You can recover more between workouts. So you could train body parts more frequently or hit it harder again sooner. So it kind of compresses the entire cycle of lifting. You're going to, you know, you'll have more strength, you'll build more muscle, but you can also recover and train that same body part again in a shorter time period. You might have to rest four or five days. Otherwise, maybe you can do it in two days. Just saying there's different types of anabolics. I'm no expert, but that's a general concept. And 
if you do a ton of volume, you just do a ton of shit and you're so fucking sore. One, that's going to compromise your movements for other body parts because if you're doing, let's say, well, I'm doing back the next day. Well, it's like, well, if you did chest, I mean, the same muscles attached to the same body parts, like you're still going to be compromising the stability of your shoulder when you're doing back workouts and things like that. It's not like, well, I'm doing this muscle over here. So this muscle isn't, you know, they're all attached and you're not really recovering. And there's a lot of other aspects to, uh, to repairing and being optimal for the next workout. So what you want to do is create the stimulus required. You want the intensity and the stimulus required in order to progressively overload the muscle, create that stimulus and maximize your time repairing and recovering outside the gym so you could do it again sooner. Because if you do, let's say a huge massive workout on Monday, let's say you're doing upper body, you just blast your fucking upper body. You overdid it. You just did tons of volume and like you can't move for like days and days and days. You might've overdone it for the stimulus and then overextended. You know, you keep your cortisol levels more elevated. You might've overextended your repair window. So you're hitting it so many days after it's just not as efficient as doing less heavier, more focused, and then getting it again in three or four days. Plus you're not going to have the mobility and the limitations and the, the downside of really traumatic micro trauma, just some different concepts. I think this really more, this more applies. I, I've been training for over 20 years. So like, so really this is something that I am leaning more into. And I think a lot of people that are in their forties and fifties, you would concur. It just takes longer. It, it takes longer to recover. It doesn't mean that it's going to take you so much longer. Hey, it's going it, to, it'll take you longer to recover. Everyone knows that if you're 50, it's going to take you longer to recover from intense workout than when you're 30, than when you're 20. All right. I'm not saying that, Hey, when you're 50, you could be as strong as a 30 year old. A lot of you that are in their forties and fifties, you're healthier than the average 20 or 30 year old. Okay. Not arguing that point, but it's just going to take you longer to recover. So my point is, as you get more advanced, I think there's this comparison. You're trying to train like someone who's 30 and who's an Instagram IFBB pro. You're, you're trying to build muscle like someone who's on steroids and you're doing a workout that's just fucking insane. It's not necessarily required. So if you're a natural lifter and you want to function as a human being, you don't want to injure yourself, you want to make progress and you need to create the stimulus, but you want to be efficient in that so you can get out and recover so you could do it again. And I think it's more challenging for people to, most people don't train properly to failure. They don't train hard enough. So I think that's why people generally do too much volume is because they actually don't train hard enough for those working sets. So again, if you're doing four sets, I, I just try it, try it and see how it can open you up psychologically. See how it can open you up just with your focus. If you know that, Hey, I'm doing incline bench, for example, and you do two, you know, and I do two warm up sets or you do one or two, just all out fucking sets. Psychologically, you're not 
going hard four fucking times. You're just really putting all your energy and effort into one or two all out sets. You might be able to push a lot harder than you thought you could create the stimulus and the overload that will actually build you strength and muscle without the volume that will cause elongated recovery times and or unnecessary trauma. Just something to think about. It's a cool way to play around with it and see if you enjoy it better. I don't do as much like, a, yeah, uh, Freddie agreed, used to do five working sets for everything. Now it's three to four, depending on the exercise. I mean, that's still a lot compared to what I'm talking about here. But again, it's a challenge. And I think it's nice psychologically to focus more on less. Focus more energy on less sets. I think for a lot of you, it can unlock a level of intensity and effort that you didn't know you had because you were spreading it out over more sets psychologically. Does that make sense? You were leaving some in the tank. If you're doing four sets, are you really going hard on that first set? If you're calling them all working sets and you're really pushing to the max for four sets, were you really pushing to the max if you could do it four fucking times? That's my point. Different way to think about it. I'm not saying there's one answer. I've always said this. You could build tons of muscle doing... Anyway, anytime they say, for a natural lifter, you can't do a body part once a week. Bullshit. I built, I did the classic, you know, chest on one day and, you know, once a week body parts. You could build a ton of muscle. You just have to fucking train it really hard. You can absolutely build muscle doing body parts once a week. Well, as a natural lifter, you have to train each body part every 48 hours. I'll fucking blow me. All right? Everyone's different. Everyone's different. Could it be maximalized or different? Everyone's different. Everyone's different with their schedules, with their effort, with their age and whatever, whatever. There's so many, there's many ways to build muscle. Again, it's adaptation to a stimulus. What's the stimulus? And then are you allowed, are you able to recover and repair for, um, you know, in a, whatever, like in a reasonable time frame in order to create the stimulus again? Remember, it's about stimulus. Oh my God, shock. You know, slow adaptation, recover, repair. Okay, cool. Shock, another stimulus. Oh, okay, you know, so, you know, a couple of days, you know, repair, recover. Shock, again. And you want that stimulus to kind of be slowly progressive. Progressive overload, increased intensity, increased weight, a couple more forced reps, a different exercise. Ooh, it's a different stimulus, but it's heavier. You know, you're challenging. You're really pushing a couple more forced reps. Stimulus, repair, stimulus, repair, stimulus, repair. If the stimulus is always the same, guess what's going to happen? You're going to build some muscle and adaptation, and then you're going to flatline because you're always doing the same shit. If you're doing 10 reps with 50 pounds, when you first start, wow, it's going to be heavy. You're going to be sore. You're going to build. Eventually, 10 reps with 50 pounds, you're just going to be able to do 10 reps with 50 pounds. And you're never increasing. But you're not going to keep on adapting if the stimulus is the same. So if you walk for a mile, think about it. If you walk for a mile, at first, man, you might be sore and out of breath. You never walked a mile before. Just saying. And then, or you run a mile, you're exhausted. You run a mile, you run a mile, you run a mile, you run a mile. Eventually you can run a mile. But like, you know, it's, there's a limit. You're not going to, you're not adapting to run two miles. After you run a mile, if you run a mile all the time, would you be able to run two miles better than that first time? Sure. But like, you know, your, in other words, your adaptations are going to plateau. Your adaptations are going to flatline. Your cardio is not going to keep on improving. You just run a mile all the time. It's not like, because you run a mile every day, all of a sudden you'll be able to run. Wow. If I run 10 miles, I'm going to be, 
No, that's going to be another stress, but that's the progressive overload. So you do a mile for a little bit and then you do a mile and a half and then you do two miles and then maybe you do three miles and then you go all out for like a one mile sprint and you increase the intensity for that one mile. You know, there's different periodizations for running, just like lifting. You don't always go max out on like one rep max. You don't just do that all the time. Does that make sense? Again, it's just another way to think about it. And I truly encourage you all if you're normally doing, uh, you know, four sets or, you know, per body, when I say th- four sets, hard sets over an exercise, you're doing incline bench, you're doing four hard sets, do one or two warm up sets and really focus on I'm doing two sets, just fucking all out. I'm going to crush it for one set and really just put all that energy into one or two sets. And then I guarantee you'll be able to put lift a little bit more. You'll push harder because you don't have to worry about keeping two extra sets in the tank. So just make sure you're spending your money on the things that are the most worthwhile. And if you have certain areas of your body part that you really want to focus on, don't do that exercise last. Like if you're trying to bring up certain body parts, don't train it last in the workout. You're going to be fatigued. So of that, you know, of, of that workout, you know, you don't necessarily need to do four exercises. You don't need to get all these different angles in one workout. You're going to train it again, maybe in three or four days. So maybe you can do certain exercises today and go all out and then go all out in a couple different exercises in a few days, changing the angles a little bit. In other words, just focus more of your attention onto less, less top out sets and see how you like the workout, see how your strength increases, see how your, that stimulus changes because you're going to be able to go harder and get more out of those heavier sets because you're focusing all that energy and strength and intensity from four to maybe two or from four to three. And it backs you into the corner a little bit and having a restricted workout. I know some of you, you've had some of your best workouts probably when you only had an hour and you were busy and you had to be out of the gym at four o'clock or at 10 a.m., or something, and usually you have more time, but shit, I only have an hour, and you just fucking crush it, and you have a sick workout, and it's great. Well, how come you can't have that normally? Maybe because you're wasting too much time, maybe because you aren't as focused, but when you have a deadline, when you have some urgency, you had to get this done in this time period, and you didn't waste extra time, and you had all your focus on your sets because you had to get it done, and you had to be out at a certain time. So... Another thing, just another way to, uh, another way to think about it. So if you know that, okay, I'm doing three exercise or four exercises with two of each exercise. So I'm doing two warm up sets and then only doing two sets, like really pushing and I'm nothing left in the tank, like force reps, like holding ice, which really just fucking drop set or getting a couple force reps or negatives and, and see how much harder you push. And chances are you're going to, you're going to feel it. You're going to be sore. You're going to be fatigued. You're going to really feel the difference of that higher intensity compressed into a smaller, a smaller volume window. So give that a try. Good question. Say we saved the Q and a in this thing. All right. It's summer swole. And we usually have, if, if you're listening now, if you just tuned in now, the beginning of this episode was wonky. We had a couple just, I don't know, whacked out fucking weird calls. It was fun, uh, but we picked it up. Swole Fang came in huge. We had some good Instagram questions and live questions. So you never know, like always, 
you never know what you're going to get with the Q&A. So you never know. So you always got to show up and experience the Q&A. And sometimes it starts off rocky and then comes up in a big way. So let's give away today's swole card. All right, fam. Remember, tomorrow is our accountability meeting. So it'll be private for members only. If you want to join the fam, now is the time. SwoleNormousX.com and be there tomorrow at 12 noon. We have our accountability meeting. We'll see you there. And uh, it's going to be fire. Can't wait. So we'll see you tomorrow. Falcon, pick me a winner. Let's go. Pick me a winner. Pick me a winner. Going up. Is that a zero? One more time. Big swing and a miss. I lost the mouse. Okay, here, I'm scrolling again. Hit unlock. Alrighty, we got a winner. It is. Congratulations! Ready, Craven. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations. Uh, send us an email to support at swolnormous.com. Swole card 2515, the subject, your mailing address, the body of the email. Thank you, everyone, you silly sluts. Thank you, everyone, for being here for the Sunday Funday Q&A. Of course, every Sunday, just pure questions. Thank you for being here. Thanks for calling in, even though some of those calls were just, I don't know what the fuck was going on. I don't know what you guys are smoking. It must be good, though. It must be really good. Dehydrated ground steak sparking up. You guys are... All right, we'll see you tomorrow at the Swole Fam accountability meeting. 12 noon Eastern time, Beaches. Remember, you can join from your homepage when you log in. We'll see you there. We'll take some soundboard requests. Thank you. Thank you for the questions. You make me happy. Oh. Oh, that's tainty, man. It's tainty. It's tainty and the church. How about I send you a whole load of dick cheese? That's fucking bullshit. Chlorophyll? More like borophyll. Lieutenant Day. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Of course, we'll be back on Tuesday for the public cast. Tainty Tuesday, beaches. It's going to go hard. Tainty Tuesday is going to be lit. Right, Church? You look so fancy. I got you, fam. I got you. I arrived in America's airport with clothing, U.S. dollars, and a jar of gypsy tears to protect me from AIDS. You're so cute. You're adorable. You're adorable.
Very nice. Very nice. It worked out great. All right, fam. We'll see you tomorrow for the accountability meeting. Join us, soulnormousx.com. Thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see you then. We'll be back here for the public stream on Tuesday. Peace, McGeese. Deuce, McGoose. Your boy, Papa Swolio. Oh, 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 oh. Crazy flow, need a straight jacket. Cash flow, I'm a bank addict. Six subs, had the bass smacking. Paid away, had the place clapping. Three girls is enough for me, so I pull out like the stock's crashing, like an IPO trying to purchase me. This a private sector, so you can't have it. Faking all that boom babbing. Who you think you is, boy? 90s want they sound back, so I give rap all these fake rappers as I take matters in my own hands. I don't need rapping, I don't need Zans. I don't need help, I'm a grown man. Now they can't laugh, then they so 